0: Welcome to this podcast by Global Church. We are a church planting movement wanting to reach cities from here to everywhere, one to everyone. If you want to find out more information, check out our website on www.globalchurch.co.uk. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Global. Good to be with you again in your living rooms or wherever you are, freezing in a bubble. <laughs> so we're continuing this uh, living god's word living god's way and how do you become a christian or how do you come out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light how do you come out of the kingdom of satan into the kingdom of god swapping kings you're swapping a bad king for a good king they're not even equal but that's another story so what is the process that we go through jesus did everything at the cross for us that that was necessary including rising again three days later. And so there's nothing that we can add to what he's done. He said, it is finished. And he'd finished the task of winning your salvation and my salvation uh, so that now God can salvage anybody's life and restore it back to what it should have been. Uh, and, but it's, be, it's, but it's for all, only for those who will believe. And anybody could believe God chose something that we can all do. And we, we use belief every single day, our faith and trust every single day. And so God chose something that anybody can do, regardless of background, regardless of wealth, status, whatever. Anyway, you know, you can naturally, you can be naturally gifted and talented or not. You can be naturally bright and intelligent, articulate and even funny or not. <laughs> You can be naturally strong-minded, bold and determined, or you can be weak as water. It doesn't really matter because what you are about to experience and to receive into your life is not of this world. And and, and the stuff that the world really rates doesn't compare to this. And in fact, it can even get in the way. For instance, we're told that we, we need to understand something. And you know, if, if we don't understand it, it's suspect. And yet, there are many things in life that we don't understand. I don't. I get in my van, and I don't. I don't know how the engine works. I just know I turn a key. So I, you know, we've got to learn this in 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 the life of the Holy Spirit that sometimes our mind gets in the way. Now, I don't want to, I don't want you to throw your mind away. But what I'm saying is, God doesn't work off just uh, intellect, as is measured by the universities or the the uh, education system, but God does want bright people, and if you're not bright, He can help you to become bright. How do I know that? I was that man. So we're still doubts that I've become bright. Here we go. The Holy Spirit is not limited to how our world systems think, believe, and operate, He puts the super on our natural. And that's what I'm talking about. So you might be naturally gifted, you might not be. It doesn't matter. He's going to put you, the super, on your natural. He has gifts even to give us. I don't even think we'll get onto that this week. But um, <clears throat> I want you uh, to know that the Holy Spirit is not limited to how we think and how our Western world thinks even. Because the the uh, second worlds and the third world, they, they don't think like us. And so... You know, depends on. It doesn't matter where you come in the world. God is not limited to your background. That's what I'm saying. You know, about 20 years ago, Shelley and myself and our three little boys moved to York late 1990. Whilst I was finishing my master's degree, we had no money in the bank, but we did have jobs to go to, so we weren't penniless. But we just didn't have any savings. We never did that. How do you get a master's degree? without having studied for a degree or a degree level or even at A-level and you've just got three, three degrees and one of them is religious studies. <laughs> Listen, it's not what you don't have, it's who is with you. Within months we'd bought our own home, we didn't have a deposit or anything like that and we bought our own home and it cost £83,000. We didn't, we didn't have a deposit, we didn't have any savings. How do you do that? It's not what you don't have, it's who is with you that counts. Within three years, we made £100,000. How can this happen when you've got no savings or anything? It's not what you don't have, but it's who is with you. We established, during the next 10, 15 years, we established a thriving and influential church in York with starting from nothing, starting from scratch in a secular society that's not interested in anything to do with God or Jesus or or anything that's perceived to be religious. It's not what you don't have, but it's who's with you that counts. Within five years of living in York, well, eight years actually of living in York, we had built, me and Shelley had built a property portfolio worth over two million pounds without any formal training in business or property. How can you do that? see, it's not, it's, it's not what you don't have because that's what we keep focusing on. I can't do this because I don't have A, B and C. It's not what you don't have, but it's who is with you that counts. Today on my wall, if I could show you, I have two platinum discs. Let me show you. Do not mind, the are two of my sons. I have two platinum discs. And a, a while back, a few years ago, the boys helped to set up a band called The Good Boys. They sold, uh, sorry, they had over a, a billion, one and a half billion downloads on, you know, the songs combined type thing. One of them was put forward for a Grammy. How, how do you do that when, you, when my sons have never ever been involved in the music business and they went from nothing to number one in, in most of the charts around the world, dance charts, and. And, you know, you've got all them kind of downloads. That's over a seventh of the planet. (laughs) My little boys, they came from York and they came from us. You see, it's not what you don't have. And it's not what what, what you've not been involved in. So it gives you an head start. It's who is with you that counts. And who was with us as a family now? I'm not just, see, I want to be successful in life, but I want my family to be successful in life. I want me me, me kids to be successful in life. Who was with us? God was with us. Or let me be more specific, God, the Holy Spirit. He's the one that can put the super on your natural. See, I'm telling you them stories. You can think, oh, he's bragging today. I'm not bragging at all, but I'm giving honour back to God for what he's done in my life. And I want you to know he can do it for you too. Because I heard people like me telling me, he can do it for you, and I believed them. And they showed me where the scriptures were, and I followed the scriptures. I'm making it it sound easier than what it is. Of course, there's always a battle for making ground and, and, and getting on in life. But I want you to know, it starts with forgiveness for Jesus. And it continues with a relationship with the Holy Spirit and it's vital it's not necessary it's vital It's everything he is the breath we breathe he's 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 the music in life that you can't see but you're nourished by it you know how do you find music in a piano you can't it's invisible but you're affected by it you can hear it and everything today i want to look at being baptized with the holy spirit and it's the fourth step in the process of becoming a christian a follower of jesus Acts chapter 2 is an encouraging chapter where the early church got baptised with the Holy Spirit. And later on, Peter had to preach to everybody because they thought they were drunk. Because when the Holy Spirit came on 120 believers, they had been praying and expecting to be baptised in the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit drenched them with himself, he gave them the gift of praying in a new language. So everybody thought they were drunk. There was also a flame of fire above everything everybody's head, everybody was demonstrated to have been baptised by the Holy Spirit individually, even though they came as a group, 120. God is the God of the human being, the, the human art, the, the one. But he calls us to come together collectively because he's looking for a body that will live by his principles and, and, and go and be part of his mission of reaching this world with his love and his forgiveness and his eternal life. Acts chapter 2, 38, 39 says this. Peter stood up and he, re- he replied to the guys who said, what must we do to be saved? He said, repent and be baptised, every one of you. Then words might sound familiar to some of you now. Repent and be baptised, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you, listen to this, and your children. And to those who are far off, and maybe today you feel like you're far off. You're like, I don't get this. My friend does, or my wife, or my husband, or whatever. And I'm really struggling with it. Stick with it. Stick with it. Because it'll become clear. This has happened to so many people. I got frustrated. And uh, I think it was for six months uh, I was searching and asking God to become real to me. And nothing happened. And then one night I walked forward to a meeting, given my life to Jesus. And... Uh, life has never been the same since it's been it's just been from one great thing to another it's been amazing so this promise of the holy spirit is for you and your children god has got a plan for you but he's also got a plan for your kids and our children's work is so important why because they're like little saplings you know these these kids and as they grow up they're influenced by this world and what I want is, when kids are going off, and like any plant that's growing like that, you can put something in place to help it grow straight again, and reach its full potential. And that's what we want for our own kids. We want it for everybody's kids. But you know, this is powerful, because God is not just the God uh, of the individual, he's, he's the God of the, the generations. And uh, he has no grandsons, granddaughters. But you know something, if we if we Walk and 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 find out about Christianity. Find out what it is to know God. Then we can pass that on, which is the greatest inheritance you can pass on. If you pass this on to your kids, they get eternal life. But I want to say today, eternal life starts now, and, and we can have the goodness of heaven now. And God doesn't want us just to muddle along and get along. He wants to give us wisdom so that we make some sharp great decisions in life and, and that we, we make here while the sun shines, that we actually can make some money and, and not always have to borrow all the time but can actually have this self-financing and, and uh, even lending money to other people. So he, he doesn't want us to be that cap hand kind of, you know, the old image of church does my nothing. Because we're like the poor brother to the well, going, oh, can you help us? We've got the church roof. Bulldoze the thing down. Sell the land. Make some money. Have a party and be happy. But stop your begging. You know, it's driven me mad. Driven me mad. And so I want to look today at the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Being drenched with the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 1 says this. In my former book, Theophilus. Theophilus was a leader in society. But we think... Scholars think you're interested in Christianity. So Luke, who's writing this book, the book of Acts, he says, in my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave them many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about his favourite topic, the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptised with water, but in a few days you will be baptised with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, Are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or dates the father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power. Everyone say power. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. They were going to witness to Jesus' life, his death and his resurrection and they would preach the kingdom of God to everybody. And so he says, you're going to go and share your faith so that others can be gathered in. Can you see the purpose of being filled with the Holy Spirit is to empower us for God's mission. Put the super on our natural. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. That's Jesus. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, northerners, men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. So you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. The Holy Spirit is the third part of the Trinity. We call it the Trinity. That word Trinity is not in the Bible. We've made that up to explain God, the triune God, uh, the three-in-one God. Uh, in in uh, Deuteronomy, in the Old Testament, you know, the giving of the law, it was like, Here, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. And that word one in Hebrew is plural. It's like talking about a football team. They they played like one man today while well, they are 11 on the pitch. But it's, it's a compound one. And uh, God has revealed himself as Father, Son and Holy Spirit. And we can't understand that, but by faith we believe it because there's enough evidence to know that, that that's how God is and that's how he's, he's worked and operated. The Holy Trinity, not just the Holy Spirit now, but the Holy Trinity, are always at work and involved together. You see, you might have heard of God and you might have heard of Jesus, but the Holy Spirit's like, what does he do? Who Who, who is he? Is he some sort of force? Uh, is he just like a quiet, silent type? <laughs> He's like, he's not a force, he is a person. And he's, he's involved all the way through the Bible. In fact, the Trinity is involved in everything together. They do it all together. Uh, they work together at the beginning of creation, the, uh, at the beginning of the creation of the world. The reason I'm doing this is I'm, I'm putting Bible scriptures in so that you can know what you believe and know where the Holy Spirit came from. He's always been there. He's the eternal God. So in creation, it says this, Genesis chapter one, verses one to three. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. So you've got God who's, who really represents God the Father. And then you've got God, the Holy Spirit. And then in John's Gospel, chapter one, it says this In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him, all things were made. Without Him, nothing was made that has been made. So God used the Word, let there be light. God said, let there be light. And Jesus is that Word. We can't understand this, but I'm just, this is what the Word's telling us. The Word became flesh. And made his dwelling amongst us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John 1 14. You see, the scriptures are telling us that when creation was formed, the word was used, the word was Jesus. You had God speaking it, and you had the Holy Spirit hovering over the emptiness, the darkness, the surface of the deep, ready to create what God was speaking out. The Holy Spirit, he offers over the darkness in people's lives, the emptiness. And he wants to create within you a purpose. He wants to create forgiveness and restoration back to God. But even more than that, he wants to create a purpose in your life. And he wants to get you going in life. Yeah. So if you're feeling a bit empty, if there's darkness there, don't despair. Today we're talking about being filled with the Holy Spirit. So the Trinity is there Right, right there at the beginning of creation. The Trinity is there at the creation of mankind. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, yada, 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 yada. Yeah. yeah. Who's God speaking to? He can't be speaking to the angels because he says, let us make man in our image. We're made in the image of God, He's speaking to the Trinity. God is community, God is family, and we come from him, and you know God is love, and so love wants to serve people, wants to give, and so the the you know the, the Trinity they are co-equal, but they have distinct operations that they have to that they do they're mo they all have different operations and they do what what they're supposed to be doing and they're separate, and yet they're one. Modus operandi, that's the phrase I'm looking for. Number two, the Trinity worked together at the beginning of the new creation. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit raised Jesus from the dead. And if the Spirit of him, Romans 8 verse 11, and if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his Spirit who lives in you. And 1 Peter 3.18 says, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. So the Holy Spirit's there in the new creation, bringing Jesus back to life. So is Jesus. Jesus raised himself from the dead. So it says in John chapter 2, the Jews... They responded to Jesus, what signs can you give to show us? What sign can you show us to prove your authority to do this? He just used the whip and driven everybody out of the temple. And so they're saying, you can't do that. you broke the rules. (laughs) What are you doing? By what authority do you do these things? And Jesus answered them, destroy this temple and in three days I'll rebuild it. And they're thinking it took years to build the temple. Jesus wasn't talking about the temple with stones. He was talking about the temple, the Holy Spirit, his body. So Jesus said, destroy this temple and I'll rebuild it. I'll come back to life. John chapter 10, Jesus said this, the reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I receive from my father, John 10. But more often than not in the New Testament, it says that God, that's the father, raised Jesus from the dead. Galatians 1.1, Paul says, Paul, an apostle, sent not from men nor by men, but by Jesus Christ and God the father who raised him from the dead. And Acts chapter 2, verse 20, 23 and 24, I hope you're getting these scriptures because I'm laying a biblical foundation in your thinking so that I'm not just making these things up because I know where these scriptures are. And I can find them, even if I forgot them, I can find them. And I want you to be able to do that. So you're not basing your thoughts on what I'm saying. Well, Dave's a really trustworthy man. He's saying, you know, really, put me at of God and there's no competition. So I want you, I want you to have God's word. It says this. About Jesus. This man, Jesus, was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge. Crucifixion of Jesus wasn't an accident. And you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death, because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. Acts chapter 2, verses 23. And twenty-four, God raised him from the dead. Another one. There's many more scriptures. I'm just giving you a flavour. We are witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. This is the apostles talking about Jesus. They killed him by hanging him on on a cross, but God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. That's Acts chapter ten, verses thirty-nine and forty. The Trinity was involved in creation, in the new creation and the trinity were involved in the life and ministry of jesus peter said this on the day of pentecost fellow israelites listen to this jesus of nazareth was a man accredited to you by god by miracles wonders and signs which god did among you through him as you yourselves know acts 2:22 matthew chapter 12 it says but if but if, if It is by the Spirit of God I drive out demons. Then the kingdom of God has come upon you. So God the Father and God the Holy Spirit were involved in the ministry of Jesus. Jesus said, if it's by the Spirit that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of heaven has come upon you. Wherever the Holy Spirit is, the kingdom of heaven is. Wherever the kingdom of heaven is, the Holy Spirit is. They are synonymous. Synonymous. That was Matthew chapter 12 verse 28 so back to the Holy Spirit well, I've just put him in his context he's God and he's in the Trinity but the Holy Spirit is a person he's not a force and he speaks he sets apart and he sends in other words he's intentional Acts chapter 1 verse 15 and 16 in those days Peter stood up among the believers a group numbering about 120 and said brothers and sisters The scripture had to be fulfilled in which the Holy Spirit spoke long ago through David, the king, concerning Judas. The Holy Spirit spoke. Only a person can speak. A force can't speak. It's impersonal, but but the Holy Spirit's a person. Another scripture, just backing this up. While we were worshipping the Lord and fasting, Acts chapter 13, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me. Barnabas and Saul for the work that I've called them so he speaks but he also sets apart he chooses and he said, set apart you know have them in that position have them in that area of work so after they had fasted and prayed they placed their hands on them that's Saul and Barnabas and sent them off the two of them sent on their way by the Holy Spirit they went down to the Seleucia and sailed from there to Cyprus but they they were sent on the way by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's a person. He's active. He wants to be active in your life and in your world, in your family. The Holy Spirit can be lied to. You can't lie to a force. You can lie to a person. And in Acts chapter five, it was bad. A couple lied about what they put in the offering. And, And Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit? You've not just lied to men but to God. That's Acts chapter 5 verses 2 and 4. The Holy Spirit can be grieved by our attitudes. He is a person. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Ephesians chapter 4. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. This is how we grieve the Holy Spirit. So he says, get rid of these things. Listen to what, what, what grieves the Holy Spirit. He says, get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger brawling and slander along with every form of malice can you see what the early church was like we can so live down to that can't we (laughs) and he says be kind and compassionate to one another forgiving each other just as in christ god forgave you i wonder if there's somebody in the church that you need to forgive i wonder if there's somebody in your family they might not be christians but you still need to forgive them i wonder if there's somebody in your workplace that you need to forgive that you've been holding things back Come on, you grieve in the Holy Spirit. He said, nothing ever happens in my life, no miracles. Mm-hmm. I wonder, I wonder why. Maybe there's a blockage and you've just got to repent. Well, you know how to do that now. You know how to repent and turn from it and turn to do what is right and good. You know, Jesus never performed a miracle until he was baptised with the Holy Spirit. Uh, Matthew chapter 3 verse 17, it says, As soon as Jesus was baptised, he went up out of the water, as we heard last week. At that moment, heaven was opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and resting on him. And a voice from heaven said, "'This is my Son, whom I love, with him I am well pleased.'" Can you see the Trinity at work there? (laughs) But Jesus was baptised with the Holy Spirit so that he could now do miracles He could have wisdom to speak and to bring the words of eternal life to people. He would have power to drive out demons and heal the sick and cleanse the leper, raise the dead. You know, a few people in our church have raised the dead. Uh, I'm not not joking, you're waiting for a job. But Shelley, when babies have come out dead, she's revived them. And sometimes they haven't revived by normal means where you just rub the baby's heart to get it going again. She's had to pray and she's had to pray in tongues in another language that the Holy Spirit gave her. And you know, this little girl I'm thinking of, uh, it happened uh, 30 years ago. She's the same age as my oldest son. And we were in contact with the baby's mother for, for the next 10 years. And that baby should not have lived. And when Shelly revived that baby, the doctors were so gutted. They were disappointed because they thought the baby would be brain damaged because of lack of oxygen and that baby wasn't, she was raised from the dead. Dr. Lynn, she's raised somebody from the dead in the corridor in the hospital where she worked. This You know, when the Holy Spirit's with you, things happen. So how was baptism described in the, baptism in the Holy Spirit, how was it described? And you've got Acts chapter 2, chapter 8, chapter 10 and chapter 19. I'm running out of time. I think I'm going to have to throw this off till next week. But uh, next week I do want to finish this series because I want to look at the fifth part of becoming a Christian and that is belonging to church. Because the early church had all five of them things. Repent of your sins to God and believe in Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins and be baptised in water for a washing away of your sins and a burial of your past life, and then being baptised with the Holy Spirit so that you can now live, have the power to live God's way. So it's not just loads of rules and loads of Bible verses. Now you've got the power on the inside to live to God's ways. And last of all, we're part of the church, the community that God always intended to have all the way through the Old Testament. He always had a people. You know, that's that's what he wants. So, and he wants that for you and I want that for you. From the team here at Global Church, thank you for listening to this podcast. Please check out our other messages available on the website.